We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Swagger from the corner. Yes! And the foul! Is he having himself an afternoon? Swagger feeling his third three already. On the drive goes Patty Casey for the basket. <laughs> Backdoor cut Swider with the jam. This is Swider in close. And one. Welcome back to the Swider Show, episode 31. Patty, after a very convincing 1-0 win, just just like Draymond Green, we're hopping on the podcast. Why, why not us? Let's just hop on the podcast, get it going, and uh, 1-0 Lakers lead over the Warriors right now. How about that, though? I mean, it is pretty impressive how, how quickly he gets it up. We could we could respect that, us too, but um, yeah, I mean, giant win. How, how are you feeling? you got to be feeling good right now, day in between. You know, yeah, yeah, no. There's nothing like winning a game one. I've been fortunate enough to win game both my game ones on the road too, yeah, big time. On the road and hostile environments. This this Warriors crowd is just unbelievable. You know what I mean? Like they're they're used to winning a lot of games and going here and steal steal the first ones. It was a huge win for us. So super uh, super excited for the next game. Obviously, uh, hopefully we can steal another one, which would be huge. Yeah, is there a, is there a sense of like getting greedy? Oh, big time! That's that's LeBron's favorite term. You've seen him on Instagram yeah. videos all year, just being like, "Let's let's just get greedy. Let's 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 win it." But one thing that Austin brought up last uh, when we were talking the other day is like, "Hey, like this that last series is obviously his first series with LeBron, but like he can tell like when LeBron needs to play hard, he plays hard, and then he gets oh it yeah, done. like it's I mean, crazy. It's a constant theme throughout like his whole entire career. But like, I wouldn't be surprised if if Steph and, and Clay come out next game and just start heating it up and, and LeBron's like, all right, we, we did what we had to do in San Francisco. Let's, let's focus on game three. But but at the same time, he's going to come out and he's going to be ready to go and he's going to he's gonna do what he has to do to try and steal this game too. Yeah, I mean, he has a seven-game series down to a science more than anyone has ever picked up a basketball. It is crazy. You could, you could see him throughout a game. Like, he's, he's picking his spots where he's, like, giving more energy. Maybe he's closing out a little harder. Um, <laughs> last night... To his boy Draymond, like especially at the beginning of the game, he was just like Ben Simmons treatment times a hundred, just like standing in the restricted area. But I mean, that's I mean, that's what we use him as. It's it's not it's not a secret anymore. Like we, we use LeBron and Draymond's notorious for being a free safety guy. Like the way teams guard, yeah, it's like a Mando, rover, yeah, yeah. The, the way teams guard, uh, uh, like Rui at times, like the, the way teams guard, like just different guys throughout a series. Like they're just rovers. Like that's what Draymond does. He directs the defense. He's the he's the back line of a defense. He's the point guard mm-hmm. of a defense. Um, 
one, one thing just watching those guys play, it's just unbelievable how they move without the ball, right? Like, the way the way they just get in and out of actions, it's just mm-hmm. it's such a fun style of basketball to play. Um, and then we're in completely contrasting style. Like, we're trying to get into the paint. Yeah. I saw a really good take this morning. It's like, this is the closest we'll ever get to, like, seeing what 90s basketball versus 2023 basketball is like. Yeah, because you guys are just giant and so physical. And it's just, like, patrolling the paint. Uh, offense, a lot of mid-post stuff, and then just cutters. But that is that is true. I actually haven't thought of that point where it's, like, people try and compare. This is probably the closest you'll ever get. Not, like, you guys still play modern basketball and shoot a shit ton of threes and stuff. But, like, it probably is as close as you could get in the modern era. I mean, not not last game. We, we, we decided that we're just going to take our twos. We're going to get into AD. Bron's going to take his mid-ranges. I mean, we didn't hit that many threes. I think there was some crazy stat on, on us. On, uh, the six, I think I saw six on, threes, yeah. Yeah, on Fox. But it's like, if a team beats you from the three-point line by 35 points or more, you have – the teams are like three and like 48 all-time against – in winning those games. So really? We, we, yeah, we did an amazing thing last night. Obviously, game two, they're going to come out gunning. We the free throw disparity they're complaining about, but like when you shoot fifty three threes, it's I was like gonna hard say to that's free throw that's line. how you yeah that's how you made it up. Like people were bitching about it, but there was a reason for that. I think it did start seventeen zip. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Yeah, no, it was crazy. It was crazy. I mean, they they were they were talking about it. They even got on Coach Ham for getting on the floor uh, on that last Jordan Poole. Three. Yeah, he was, I he saw was like. Out. <laughs> what did you uh, What did you think of that shot from your? I mean, it's hard for you to be objective here, but did you, did you yeah, think I it was mean, a good shot? I, I, if I'm him, I'm taking one dribble in and taking that, taking that same three. He he shoots those shots. I mean, you see Draymond and Steph defending him after the game for after shooting that shot. So yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's a bad shot. He he shoots those shots every single game. I mean, there was a stretch in the playoffs last year where he made like three end of the end of the third quarter shots like that, like off the backboard, like just just crazy, yeah. just long range shots and. That's Jordan Poole, you know what I mean? You gotta take you gotta take the good with the bad sometimes when it comes to like good shooters like that. Yeah, he uh one that stands out was last year in the finals, yeah. When he also he made six threes. Two of the makes were like I think he could have thrown them up backwards and it was probably the same probability of going in. Scotty looked over at me, he's like like he's just throwing these things up. He's not even looking at the basket and these things are going in. So I mean, it, it was great to win that kind of game where we're in the fourth quarter, like Stephen Clay got hot and like when those two get hot and Jordan Poole is going, it's almost impossible to beat that team. And, and we, we found a way to c- come in here, grind it out, and, and win the game. So it was, it was a big win for us, obviously. Yeah, that uh, that run at the end was kind of vintage dubs. It did, it definitely did deliver. There's so much anticipation around the series, and there was a sense there. It was still a really well-played game, but it was like, oh, you guys are just going to pull away with it. Yeah. Lakers fans tuning in obviously want that to happen. But, yeah, that was just like a vintage dubs run, 14-0. Um, there's so much anticipation for this series, obviously, because of LeBron and Steph. There's a sense at the end of the game there. It's like, oh, are you guys just going to pull away with it? All the Lakers fans tuning in would have been pleased with that. But, I don't know, as a more neutral observer, it's like the game just delivered. It was very, very back and forth towards the end. But pretty impressive how you how you pulled it up. Yeah, I just wouldn't be a Lakers win without it being like a close down to the line <laughs> type of game. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to Aaron here later. Why, why, why not just announce them now, right? Uh, this this week we're we're really excited to have Aaron Cohen on. Aaron Cohen runs the Lakers All Day Every Day page, and he, he has great perspective from the Laker Nation. He runs Laker Nation. He he runs not the Laker Nation Twitter page that, that we rave about all the time, but he runs Laker fan group chats. He 
he's uh, he sells merchandise. He does all these types right. of things, and, and and he he has some great content, Patty. So uh, yeah, we'll be shouting. The other thing is a hundred percent. But the one thing I'm very excited. We haven't interviewed Aaron yet. We haven't talked to him. But one thing I'm very like curious about with with his background is he didn't get into this as like a journalist. You know what no. I mean? He's just a diehard. He's just a diehard fan, and he's such a diehard fan. He turned it into his full time gig. So, literally, like, know, he a sports fan. That's literally that's literally a dream. Yeah, yeah. He started started when he was like fourteen years old. And literally had less than ten thousand followers. Obviously, started from the ground, and, and he's able to do it for a full time job now. So he'll he'll give us some really good insight on, on how the Laker fans feel. Um, <laughs> and and he's kind of turned into like a, like a mini celebrity at Laker games, right? Like like. <laughs> He goes to games in Orlando, and he's having meetups outside of sections, and he's taking pictures with like with like twenty fans. Out oh yeah, section. people are shouting him out. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll get into that, but yeah. So shout out Aaron, man. Yeah, big time, big time Lakers fan. Probably the leader of the Lakers fans, besides our guy Trevor Lane, leader of the Lakers nation. Yeah, but I, but, I look at um, Trevor more of like a journalist type, like, like yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Very right. educated, being able to like relate to the average fan, be able to like talk analytics with guys as well. Like, right? Like, oh, yeah. I feel like Aaron just gives us like that true Lakers fan of like being a, a guy who never really played high level basketball. You know what I mean? <laughs> just just grew up a, a Lakers guy his whole entire life. So uh, I think it would be a, a great perspective from him. And obviously, he uh, he can give us the how the regular fan feels after every single game and the ups and downs of this season, especially, huh? Like, who, who would have thought? Yeah. After game 12, that we'd be <laughs> up 1-0 against the, the Warriors at Golden it's State. It's nuts, dude. It's nuts. There's, there's, there's weeks on the pod where it was, we were down bad a little bit. I mean, you guys are 0-5, 2-10. You're, you're trying to figure it out. Yeah, you were hurt. I'm hurt. <laughs> yeah. Fucking got out the mud. Yep. Like Paul Reed. <laughs> wow. But uh, Speaking of that, huh? Yeah, they're, they're playing right now. You can see it on my shitty TV behind my uh my background on the YouTube, but how about Harden game one? It was like reaching vintage, back in the back. Yeah, vintage Harden. I mean, people give him crap all the time. It's like, hey, he's not the he's not the same old Harden. He he had a really good press conference and he just kind of just talked about, hey, it's like when I was scoring forty and fifty points and and we would lose in the, in the Western Conference Finals or second round of playoffs, people said like, oh, like. You can't win playing that style of basketball. So he, he goes out and is the assist assist champion, averages like 21, 22 points a game, and now they're saying he's not the old Harden. I mean, yeah. I, I've been a – don't trust me, I've been a critic of saying he's not the same Harden. He doesn't look the same in terms of his body. But, I mean, hey, like, he goes out there and puts in that, that type of performance and is able to lift his team up with the MVPs out. Uh, you got to give him his respect. Yeah, that was legit. Well, if I were a Harden hater, hypothetically, I would say that that's not vintage Harden because he's never really done that in the playoffs. So this is still a new Harden that we're seeing. But you can say that. I don't know. I won't. I won't say that. I think Adam said that. But uh, that is an Adam type line. <laughs> Speaking of fans, yeah, Adam Lewis, producer, big time Celtics fan. So I don't know. Tough, tough twenty four hours for uh, for Boston people, for your homegrown New Englander Swider. I don't really pay much attention to hockey, but. People are calling that the biggest collapse in human history. I mean, it, it would it would be like the seventy three and nine Warriors losing in the first round. Like that's that's the type of season the Bruins had. So, I mean, to be up three one and and that good of a team and just just probably that's as it, bad as it gets. Yeah, against a an eight seed is uh, it's not it's not what you want. Not what you want. 
No, it's also, uh, I mean, the volatility of hockey, that was a good word there, volatility of hockey, it happens like more, 8-1 eight, one, eight, one upsets, but I don't know, man, if you're supposedly the best team ever, I mean, maybe maybe win one round for us, maybe win more than three playoff games. But Yeah, exactly. Um, we say all the time, it's first to four, not first to, first to three. Not we first do to say one. that. Yeah. Friend of the show, Anthony Edwards, if you haven't tuned into that interview, that was uh, episode two. <laughs> But um, speaking of getting bounced, we haven't talked since Friday night's smashing of the Memphis Grizzlies. Wow. 40 ball. Yeah. Dylan Brooks, a lot of people, this isn't my line, but a lot of people saying, like, oh, Brooks said, don't respect you till you give me 40. Then you guys beat him by 40. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. 40. Yep. All right, Swider. For the listener, full transparency, we were a little interrupted with the pre-show because uh, we timed it poorly. It was my fault. Aaron joined the show. Aaron was very punctual. No, very was, punctual. Was I, I, I was coming back from practice. You know what I mean? It just happens. Podcasting, you, you just adjust. So Yeah, you got you to uh, adjust the things on the fly. So Adam's going to chop it up for us and make it sound good. We just finished our conversation with Aaron now. Very good dude. Very fun to talk to. Just Very good dude. Um, yeah, we could have talked to him forever, but we didn't want to uh, sign off without at least doing one of our segments. We give each other some options, and we're going to go with the copycat league. It is a copycat league. Um, you're seeing more of that in the in the playoffs, wider. I think there's more like coaches looking around and taking things series to series. Um, you see that with the Heat and the Knicks. I don't know. You can't take us in the left side of the locker room. I don't know if you're going to do that with the Warriors, but no one ever has figured it out. So. But I mentioned the Heat. They upset the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. I know. If you're just hearing this for the first time, unbelievable. Eight eight seed upsets a one. Oh, that's what we were talking about. We were shit on the Bruins before. We were trying to figure out where we left the conversation. But um, that's really not the topic that we want to touch on. It is a lot of debate about Giannis's press conference where I'm sure most listeners saw it. Cliff Notes version of it, where basically this reporter asked if the season was a failure. Giannis gave a very charismatic answer. Um, people were saying it's it was kind of like a little league coach saying there is no failure in sports. Um, I don't know. He compared it to if you're not promoted in a regular job like myself in a nine to five, then is that a failure of your year? But it basically just sparked hey, a big wh- debate hey, wh- about that? about getting promoted. Yeah, is that a failure of a year if you don't get promoted? Well, if see in this context, I don't think that makes much sense. I love Giannis. 
He's one of my favorite yeah. players. Yeah. But um, I don't know, not not the best example there, because that's like saying, I mean, if you don't get a new contract at the end of every season, then is that a failure? Like, like that's just like moving moving the goalposts there. Well, I, I think I think there's a conversation of like, did you up your value this year? Did you have a good season? Is like, because in the NBA, there's an individual aspect to every single season that you have to look at. So right. I think Giannis looks at that, and he also looks at like you're not going to win a championship every single season, right? Like the goal, the goal is to be in the conversation to have a chance to win the championship every single year, which Giannis has done. Um, obviously, like this series took a turn when he got hurt in the first game, 11 minutes into the game one. I think that kind of gave the Heat confidence. And once you give a team team like that confidence, like they've made it far in the playoffs, they made it to the finals with that core of guys. They've made it to the Eastern Conference Finals the year before, lost in Game Seven. So I I, I think when you look at that, when, when you take all those things in, into when you take all those things into account, it, it makes for a series like that to happen. The way they lost Game Five was absolutely just like a Syracuse basketball loss in twenty twenty one and, and like, four. Yeah, it was just unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable loss, and uh, just stuff like that happens in basketball sometimes. So I think Giannis took, Giannis took an approach that I wouldn't say that the season was a failure by any means, but I would say that they, they obviously didn't accomplish their goal. Right? Their, yeah. their goal is to win a championship. Their goal is to to make it far. They had the roster do it. They had the team do it. They had the coach to do it. And he was in the first round to an eight seed, which is. Obviously not what you want, but at the same time, like, the, Ty Lu was asked, like, what do you think of this series? Like, our two best players were hurt. Yeah. Like, Ty Lue, the head coach of the Clippers, like, our two best players were hurt. Like, what do you guys, what do you guys want us to do? Like, $80 million of our of our salary cap was, was, out, was out of line. <laughs> For one like, year. T- take out Stephen Clay from the Warriors. What, what are they going to do? Yeah. Right? So, so that, that's kind of my perspective on it. Yeah, Giannis, it is like the counterpoint to that would be the two games he did play, they, they lost, but he was clearly pretty like hobbled. He wasn't himself. He also had 38 points and 20 rebounds. Yeah, but he played great. Game. He played great in one of the – yeah, he played yeah. great, I think, in both games that he played in. But um, the one thing I don't love about stuff like this is like on Twitter people are like, like, oh, dude, it's obviously a failure. You guys didn't win the championship. I don't think Giannis is saying, like, yeah, I came into the season, I was, like, fine with not winning the championship, but I do get his point. It's so easy to pile on when something like this happens, though. Because there's so yeah, many people that uh, that agree when you're like, oh, dude, it's actually a failure. So then you start getting the likes, you start getting the retweets. Um, I thought about it's doing definitely it a myself, controversial thing because, yeah, It's definitely a controversial thing because at the end of the day, as a sports fan, you want your superstars to be so invested in something that they think it's a failure, right? At the end of the day, you have to like remind yourself, like, all right, these guys are humans too. These guys have families. These guys have day-to-day lives that they, that, that they take care of. Like for their mental health, for their sanity, if if it was to be a failure, then yeah. these guys are going to a dark hole. Like like that's not what you want either, right? So yeah. I think Giannis takes a great approach. Like Giannis is one of the like he plays every single game yeah. he can. That's what I was like, gonna he say. He does yeah. not take any games off. He he wants to be out on the court. He loves Milwaukee. He stayed in Milwaukee like when when everyone told him not to. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure he wants to stay in Milwaukee the rest of his career. So, um, I, I think overall Giannis is a great example, a great role model, a great person to look after, and I think he'll use this season to propel, propel him forward in the future to to win another championship. Yeah, that's the other thing is uh, I think he gets. 
I don't know if it's benefit of the doubt, but it coming from him is definitely different, and the reaction to it was definitely different. I think there's more people agreeing with him because of like all the qualities that you just mentioned, and he plays his ass yeah. off. He's developed more so than maybe anyone who's ever been in the league. He like works his ass off. Um, I was thinking like <laughs> if like someone who gets like Luca for example or or Harden like someone who gets like um like kind of shit on every now and then for not playing as hard or or maybe like coming out back from camp out of shape and people have questions about their yeah. work ethic and everything the reaction definitely would have been way way different but um yeah I mean it's obviously a failure if you ask Giannis I bet he also thinks like yeah we didn't win the championship so the season's a failure but his point is like Overall, if that's if it's just that black and white, then you're just gonna be like always pissed off. But um, I don't know. Another good debate. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. It's definitely, I definitely see both sides. Yeah. Like all of us in the NBA are competitors, and, and we want to win a championship every single year. But th- there is a real basketball thing where like it won't happen sometimes, and yeah. you gotta be okay with that. I had so. one more thing to say. I can't forget where I can't remember what it was. Oh, oh, oh. Um, my official take on the thing, on this situation as a whole, is that uh, I think the term him, calling someone him, which is, you, you were actually the first person I ever heard say that. I don't know if I've ever told you that on camera, off camera. Like September wow. of last year, I remember, I like had a good practice, so you were like, you feel like him right now? And I was like, what's that? And you were like, him, like him. So I was like, oh, okay, so... I don't know, Swider, you you might have started that trend single-handedly. I think that coming about right before Jimmy Butler got, went on the run he went on in the playoffs is one of the worst things that's ever happened in sports. So Jimmy many Butler. people t- tweeting, Hemi Butler. This guy I was watching SportsCenter last week. He said Hemi Butler like four times in three sentences. Like Jimmy Butler, yeah, no, playoff no, Jimmy Butler, more like Hemi Butler. It's like everyone who says it acts like the first person who's ever said it. Yeah. When Mark Jones is probably the first guy to say it. Shout out to Mark Jones. <laughs> that guy is hilarious on broadcast. Yeah, he probably said it last year, though. So you got to give him credit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, any like old shithead on Twitter just tweeting it out, like being, thinking they're the funniest person ever. It's, it's get, it, was, it was getting under my skin, Swider. It was making me like Jimmy being, Butler less. <laughs> <laughs> being a Twitter head like you are, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not the biggest Twitter guy. You. I mean, I'm running our socials single handedly. Shared and it's not helping us out. So, um, but yeah, without further ado, I think we could kick it to Aaron. If you have nothing else to add, Swider. Yeah, no, let's kick it over to Aaron, man. Great, great perspective. Obviously, super diehard Laker fan, and and uh, I think you guys are gonna enjoy this interview and a different perspective of uh, the Lakers and and our run in the playoffs. So, uh, stick over to Aaron. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, welcome to my boy, Aaron Cohen, the founder of LADE. Aaron, let's just let's just get right into it, bro. Like, how are you feeling after last night? Let, let's let's hear it. Game one, game one win against Golden State, coming from the probably the most diehard Laker fan there is. I mean, look, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna keep it real on the on the Swider show. I honestly believe the Lakers were gonna drop game one. I mean, I know you guys had a lot of rest, and yep. uh, and uh, Golden State was coming off of I think one or two days rest. So people yeah. are like, oh, they're gonna be tired. But I was like, I don't know. I think all the momentum, the fans. And I'm happy. I'm like, I was extremely surprised um, with the outcome, uh, especially with LeBron. Not, you know, not having a crazy good game, but AD came to play. He was ready. He was locked in. And uh, Vando, amazing job. I can talk about that game forever. But I'm, I'm just excited. I'm happy. That really like it was a tone setter. What's what's the fans' perspective going into that game after the Memphis Memphis series? Obviously, an emotional series with the whole Dylan Brooks thing. Because uh, I, I I said on the pre-show a little bit like. You run fan group chats. You talk to fans all day. Like that—that's what you do, right? What's the fan perspective com- coming off that coming off that series win? So, so that series is—it's like, it's a good question because it's very different. So, with Memphis, you know, guys like Brooks, Jaw, and all like those guys—they chirp a lot. Like Bane, there's a history <laughs> of them talking to everyone, and fans, especially Laker fans, really don't like that. They have a really low tolerance for like trolling. So. If, Someone trolls you, we're gonna come back ten times harder. Like, <laughs> so I mean, the whole thing was like, yo, let's let's go at Dylan Brooks. Like, let's let's try to troll him as much as possible, get in his head for him trying to come out LeBron. So that whole series was like, nah, we're trying to we're we're trying to step on your on your neck and like kill you. Now with the Warriors, like, there's a lot of respect from the fans' perspective. Like, the like, defending champs. They don't like they don't talk that much, you know, like they just do their thing. Besides Draymond, besides Draymond. I mean Draymond's Draymond, but like he he's the biggest LeBron fan in the world though. He is. That, so there's <laughs> that. You know, it's very different from the way it was with uh with Golden State and Cleveland and Golden State and Miami, like where they were going at it. So um I just think that now it's there's more of a there's a more sense of more respect and um the expectation coming off of that Memphis series is like, yo, we're gonna we're gonna beat everyone. That that's that's like the fans like we're gonna beat everyone. No one's stopping us. <laughs> yeah, and like I mean, look at us, bro. We're, we're looking really good right now. What about sticking on that point with Memphis? From your perspective, as someone who runs maybe inarguably the biggest Lakers fan uh, page on social media, are you seeing these Brooks quotes in like in the back of the, your mind, or you're like? Oh, let's go! Like that's pretty awesome that he said that because like that's just driving you know that's just great content for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Laker fans are they're they're known for that. It's like we're the loudest, we're the most obnoxious, we're the most loyal, we're all that. So, arguably, arguably, yeah. But like you look at what Brooks says, like he's literally saying word for word what Laker fans want to hear. Like, yo, I, I poke bears. Like, I don't respect you. And like, oh, like LeBron, go get 40. They go like, it's like, and you got, you know, LeBron, like Cole, you know, especially like he's not for that trash talk. He's not going to like, he didn't need to respond. He said this. No. 
But I mean, yeah, I, in terms of social, like that, that stuff goes the craziest. Like I've learned. Um, yeah. I don't really. I didn't really build my page on clickbaity and like crazy controversial, uh, controversial posts and stuff like that. It's more like you come to my page and you know what you're getting. Like you're gonna get reliable news. You're gonna get you know some spice from me. Like I analyze right. the way I analyze things. It's not just gonna be like oh win next game tomorrow. It's like yeah. Go crazy! Like I've done crazy shit. Like I've I've had some videos go viral, me celebrating with the Lakers. But yeah, I mean we love that. Fans love that stuff. What what goes into those pregame posts? Because I think those are probably the funniest things. Maybe on Instagram that that you do. Yeah, um, there's a lot. Honestly, like the whole everything I post on Instagram is usually a lot of preparation that goes into it. But to answer your question, um, I'll just think about like players that have come at us as a team or like at a player or if like they had a viral funny moment like a really crazy outfit or like like for example um the best one was when i had uh chris paul on the cover and i had uh, <laughs> and i had kim kardashian in the background <laughs> <laughs> just like funny stuff like that like, I, I i usually don't take it i don't take it too far um like i've had ideas that i had to scratch that i won't bring up but like um but just about preparation like that's kind of the biggest thing you know i worked for espn for a bit in college and like that's the number one thing i learned just like being prepared um and having content ready so like for game seven between the warriors and the kings i had a whole folder ready like if the kings won that game so yeah. people ask how i'm so fast it's like because everything's prepared and like 90 percent of the stuff i create is like thrown out that's just the way it is though when you're uh when you're watching these games there's a level of stress sort of that goes into it because you're obviously a giant fan like in your heart but then you also have to make content so if there's a big type if there's a big highlight play or like i don't know at the end of quarters if you're updating stats if there's foul trouble whatever like is there it's it's kind of a different way of watching the game because you have to be watching it like through this lens of like oh, i have to make content out of this i can't just like enjoy the game and root for the lakers yeah i mean comparing to the way it was before i had i you know i was posting before i had that count I would just sit down and watch the game, but now like my phone's out. I have my laptop. I'm talking to my guys. Like I have one guy who's my graphic designer, so he'll make things on the fly, have things ready for right after the game. I have a guy who cuts highlights in real time, so like if there's a nice play, like I'll have it like probably less than a minute after it happens. But yeah, my mind is like okay, I'm I'm like watching the game. I'm obviously enjoying it, but my number one priority is like what's going to be most, you know what's going to fit best on social from what I'm seeing. So a lot of the times, um, especially when I'm at the game, things that I've realized is that, you know, the things that have gone viral are things that are not actually happening when the ball, you know, is live. It's like funny plays. Like for example, Russ grabbed the mop when the floor was slippery and he like scrubbed it and that like went crazy. Um, Things that happened on the bench, fan interactions, like, so that's what like I've noticed, and you know, with social, like you realize some when, when something hits, you go and do it again. Like figure out a, a way to switch it up, but like keep it fresh and like you like learn. You learn what your audience likes, but yeah, my mind's constantly like thinking about what's going to be best optimized for social. Aaron, let's let, let's talk about the dark days of of being a Laker fan. The two and ten, the two and ten days from this season. Obviously, last year speaks for itself. I think I think. It's been talked about enough, but let's talk about the two and ten. What is the difference of, of covering a team that's two and ten, trying to be positive, trying to keep the fans up, uplifted, compared to a 
a time like now? Like, like, how do you balance that? How do you try and not hate on players and hate on things like that? And because I think you do, I think you're the best at that of like not hating on players, trying to calm the fans down when times are bad, and and trying to hype the fans up even more when times are good. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think the biggest thing is people don't realize this that I created my page in 2014, so or sorry, 2013, and like after I created it in August, so. The Lakers made the playoffs that year, and that was when Kobe tore his Achilles. And then they get eliminated from the playoffs. I make my page that summer. They don't make the playoffs again until 2020. So <laughs> the first eight years of Lakers all day, every day was horrendous. Like, we won 15 games. Like, like it was that. And um, the, my whole the whole thing for me was, like, good times are coming. Like, we, ha- we had good times, and you know, in 2009, 2010, you know, 1999, 2000. Like, we've had good yeah. times down but what makes you a true fan is like when you support them while they're, it's not easy you know that's my biggest thing um it's like when's it not whenever it's not a convenient time to be a laker fan and you support the team unconditionally is what makes you a laker fan and people take Definitely. it really really seriously like being a laker fan i've learned from other people like the things that people do to support the lakers the times they wake up to watch these games the amount of money they spend out of you know their their allocated budget just like there are such dedicated fans and it's inspired me and motivated me to continue like going hard at what i do and like really trying to you know bring the best content so now i mean we had a rough start and i was like guys we've been here before like it's a long season and um you know players because i i honestly had hope for russ i i thought that he was going to turn a corner and like towards it towards when it got close to the trade deadline russ was playing better um, but it did come to a point where like I said on my own podcast, I was like, look, I love Russ, but I don't think it's going to work with him. Um, and even when the Lakers shipped him off, I was like, guys, we send him off of class. Like, a lot of people see and hear what Laker fans are saying. And, um, simple as like, if you want people to come in free agency? Like you should want to respect them because like, you see what Pat Bev said on his podcast, like talking about how like Laker fans trashed him after he had a bad game. So I know that Laker fans are all over the world and there's, millions and millions and millions of them and you know i have half a million of them following me but i still think that like i have an influence and i can you know positively influence them to like be more patient be more classy um and you know represent laker nation the right way i mean you're right by saying like it it is a worldwide fan base right one thing that we asked uh, we had trevor lane on our podcast a couple times one thing that we asked him was like do you think you would be able to do this and obviously you you do a hell of a job being prepared You, you do the right things um, in, in terms of that nature, but do you think you'd be able to do this if, if let's say you're or you're an Orlando Magic fan, right? Because I think I think with the Lakers make, make it make it so special that you're able to do this and honestly make a living off of it. Yeah, and this question comes up all the time. People ask me like, "Yo, would you do it if um, you know it was the Clippers or it was like the Grizzlies?" Like, <laughs> Patty, I think Aaron hates the Clippers more than anything. Is that the, is that the Lakers like main rival? Is it them or the Celtics? I'm personally trying to get it away from the Clippers because, like, they really haven't done shit. They don't, they like, <laughs> nothing. Um, but I don't know. I think it's more just like they're in LA, they're in our city, they're trying to take our identity. And are they, though? Like, is anyone actually saying the Clippers are taking the Lakers' corner? I feel like no one with a brand says that. I mean, they're fans. <laughs> like, yeah, I also live 3,000 miles away, so I wouldn't know. But <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but the thing is, like, Running running a community like this takes so much effort and time, 
uh, like if you don't really want it, you don't really want to do it. It's not gonna. It's not gonna work because um, you gotta you gotta love the Lakers and you gotta love what they do to you know put in this much effort. Like everything I do revolves around the Lakers. Like all my free time is like, okay, what am I gonna do for this page? Like with my podcast, with my with my clothing, I do jewelry. Like like you gotta love it. Just like basketball, like Cole, you, you gotta love it. It's like if yep. you're not. If you don't, you have one goal. It's like to become a, the best basketball player you can be. If you don't love it, then you're not going to succeed. So, any other team, not. Nah, I would never do it. <laughs> Bro, I can't fight. Like I can't fake it. Like this is the way I, I was raised. Like I'm a Laker fan. Was there a was there a post like throughout those years where the Lakers were pretty bad? Like, is there one moment you could point to where where the page blew up? Um. Yeah. There's two two main moments. So first one was when the Lakers got LeBron. Um, I think LeBron I, bump? Yeah, like when the Lakers got LeBron, I think I got like 20,000 followers in a day. And that that point, I was I had like 150,000. So like it was a nice little jump. That was just the first day. So 20 in the first day. And then I also knew in my mind, like, yo, we're back. Like, the, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're back. It's like, we're back. Like, we're here. We made it. We made it through like the 10-year drought or the eight-year drought on that point. Um, and then the second one was obviously the championship, you know, like 2020, they finally, my first championship that I covered, um, you know, merch went crazy and then just everything spiked from that point. Like people were just much more engaged. And also I grew up, you know, like I was, I was older, like I made my page when I was 14 and at that point I was 21. So, I mean, I matured with the page too. So everything got better. Was the third, uh, when they signed Swatter to the two-way deal? The third is when uh was when Cole went crazy God mode in, in summer league. Nah. But it's funny you bring that up because I gonna be honest again, I didn't know what Cole was. I obviously knew that they picked him up um on a two way and I took notice when he went crazy in the mm-hmm. uh in summer league because and that's was like, yo, we got a six nine sniper, like <laughs> it's exactly what LeBron James needs, like just shooters. Um I mean, and, and I, I say this all the time. I, I, your your time's coming, bro. And I hope it's with the Lakers. But I know your time's coming. You have what it takes. Like we, I, I watch what you do in the G League. I've been to, I've been at a game before, like, and like, yeah. And I see, like, I see you're dropping thirty. I one game you had like what, like forty something? Was it was it fifty or? Yeah, fifty eight. Let's, let's say it was no, it was it was, was thirty seven. <laughs> let's, let's say it was fifty. Yeah, thirty seven. Like a Saturday night, I remember. Um, yeah, you have you have what it takes. You you got some time. With the Lakers, like, I know you were guarding Giannis one night. Like, I think you have what it takes, bro. And with that shooting ability, um, I mean, I hope it's with us, though. I really hope it's with us. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. I, I wish I could. I wish I could play tomorrow, but obviously, just you gotta trust the process and everything that comes with that, right? Um, but yeah, man. But we'd be remiss if we didn't shout out Brandon Grant. Brandon Grant. We, we've mentioned him on the podcast before, but Syracuse manager, him and Aaron actually grew up together. So it, it was pretty convenient when, when I signed the two-way contract. He was like, yo, follow my boy's page. I'm like, Lakers all day, every day. <laughs> That's sprinkling the voice. Yeah, yeah, he has 500,000 followers. I'm like, okay, this, this, this guy's legit, huh? Yeah, bro. Shout out, to, shout out to Brandon Grant. That's the man right there. Yeah, man. Super hardworking guy. But, uh, but yeah, man. So when did you know that this could be your full-time job? Because if – if someone were to tell you when you were 14 years old that, hey, you don't have to go work at ESPN, you don't have to go work at Bleacher Report, like you can start your own page and this could be your, your end, your end goal. This could be your job. Like, what would you have said to them? I mean, I, I would have laughed. I was like, what do you mean? Like, because when I was 14, 
there was no influencers, you know, there was no one, no one had like Instagram yep. was established or created in, uh, I think 2010 or 11. So like, yeah, it was really small. And the point, the point came really late. Like people think like, Oh, like you, you knew you're gonna do this from a long time ago. Like, no, the real, the, the true answer is it was, um, 2021. It was after the Lakers won the championship. And that's because I graduated from USC in 21. I had an offer from ESPN to go, you know, be on the social team with Omar um, and focus on Sports Center next, which is like focusing on high school uh, athletes. Yeah. Um, but I mean, first of all, I would have to leave LA. Second of all, which is more important than that, is I would I, I wouldn't be able to do what I do with my Lakers page. So like it wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't stop that. So all those years of work, and third, um, that's when I that's when I decided to you know really go ten toes deep with this with this brand that I created um, because the opportunities with my Lakers community outweighed, you know, anything that I could have gotten from Bleach Report, ESPN. I got an offer from um, Adidas to go do social. I just felt like, you know, working for myself, being my own boss, there's a bigger, there's much more opportunity um, for myself, my own brand, and also, you know, financially, you know, because you go into one of these big companies, they're not throwing that much money at you. Um, yeah. So the two biggest things were obviously my happiness, just being my own boss, um, you know, doing whatever I want to do, not really having anyone tell me what to do. And the second thing was, yeah, financially, like, and it, and it worked. I got an agent. Um, I have 10 employees now, whether it's graphic designers, um, a fulfillment center with my uh, merch, jewelry, um, interns, because actually people don't know this. People don't know this. I don't think you know this, but um, every Friday night to Saturday night, it's not me posting. It's actually... yeah someone else because i observe sabbath 25 hour period where you know there's no electronics you basically go to temple have a family dinner and uh just chill so that's the time where i reset don't touch my i don't look at my phone for 25 hours and um but yeah so i have a couple guys do that and uh best decision i ever made i had people at espn tell me go do your own thing like you always have opportunities to go work for other people but to have your own thing just ride the momentum, and I'm so happy I did that. Hey, speaking of jobs, I, I think Patty Casey's looking for an interview to, <laughs> yeah. to, to, to help out with the Lakers fan. Yeah, the yeah. Side, so you're so. Yeah. I'm really not, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm a diehard Swider fan. Uh, no, not really. I've always been a Lillard guy. Okay. So yeah, but um, got to run from the grind. If it was up to me, <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll be a future Laker. <laughs> down for that um but you mentioned like your your experience with ESPN whatever actually I stumbled upon your LinkedIn page Aaron when I was looking up some uh, some research for the for the pod and I found out that you were Lamar Odom's social media manager for a couple years you now you've you've uh mentioned the podcast Swider was on the podcast but how did that connection like come about yeah I'm happy you brought that up because this was probably like four or five years ago. I was like, I didn't had much much experience with like, I guess you can call it athletes and celebrities. So, um, one day I just see like Lamar follows the page and was interacting with a couple of posts, and I was like freaking out. I was like, holy shit! Like I was in Vegas, and, yeah. and I was like, oh my god! Like Lamar Odom. So I DM'd him, and he answered like the same night. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. I'm talking to Lamar Odom right now. Um, so we, we we ended up doing Instagram live. I was like, yo, would you like to do an Instagram live? Or like, I'll interview you um, and we'll just talk about like your Laker days and what you're doing now. And he's like, sure. So we set it up. 
um, I connect with his manager, and she, um, we talk. the The interview goes really well. Like she saw the strength and power of my community that I built. Um, so she invited me to the big three draft and combine in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Like the first time Lamar was like picking up a basketball, um, uh, like in a league competitively since the NBA. So it was a big deal for him. It was like he was the head of the big three. He was like the headliner. Um, and she wanted me to cover. So I was like, holy shit, like what do I do? Bro, I couldn't even, <laughs> I couldn't even stay at a hotel. I was, I was 20 years old. So I had my older sister come with me. And she like, you know, <laughs> in the hotel. Like, I couldn't even, bro. It was like, I was just there and like, let me just soak this up and like learn. So, there's all these athletes there at the big three. Um, I'm there with Lamar, and everyone's like, "Oh, who are you with?" I'm like, "I'm with Lamar," and everyone's like, "Oh, you're with Lamar." Like that was his weekend, where like it was he, he's back to basketball. Um, so it was a great experience. I met a lot of cool people there, like athletes, um, media. And after that weekend, like, you know, I would help out with the social here and there, but I had my own thing. I had, I had school and I actually got offered a full-time offer from his, his agent at the time. Um, she wanted me to come and be his full-time, like personal assistant, like just do everything with him, like, um, coordinate, run his social. Um, it was a big role, but I was like, I don't really, I wouldn't really like to drop out of college at this point. I was, I think it was a sophomore at the time. Um, so we put that on the back burner. We didn't really talk. Like Lamar and I lost touch. And then um, I graduated college and I'm like, look, I'm trying to, or this is like a year after I graduated college. I'm like, I, I really want to start a podcast, but I want to do it the right way. Cause I, I had been thinking about starting a podcast for a really long time. And I was like, I, I, I don't want to start it. It's got to be the right way, you know, with the right company that's going to like make sure that it gets eyeballs. And I want to have a really cool co host. And I was, I started a brainstorm of, you know, some retired Laker players. So like Derek Fisher, I was thinking about like Trevor Ariza, um, Pau Gasol and Lamar. We talked to Lamar and then he was like, I'm super down. Like I have so much I want to say about the Lakers and I see you have the biggest Lakers community in the world. And I was like, look, I'm on the same page as you. Like, I think this can really, you know, do well. And then that, that's how it happened. So, and Lamar is great. Like really funny guy, like, Really sweet guy. To get to know him, like he's a sweet, kind hearted yeah. Um, always wants to have a good time, and uh, it's uh, it's like amazing. Like still, like to this day, we shot a pod today. Like he walks in the room, and I'm like, yo, like that's dope. But in my head, I'm like, yo, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I don't take any of it for granted. I didn't even say that yet. I don't take any of this for granted. Being here right now, you know, on this podcast is like still like wild to me. Hell yeah, man! Uh, we're gonna wrap this up soon, but I just want to hear. From a fan, from ultimately the biggest Lakers fan that, that there is, what, what are your expectations for the rest of this series? What what, what are the fans' expectations? What, just give me a an overall just just three sixty view of, of of Laker of Laker fans and Laker all day every day stands. Bro, I got one word for you: championship. Yep, that's what I like to hear. And and I'll tell you exactly when that happened. It was the trade deadline. As soon as we made that trade, people were like, "Yo, we got it. We got a shooter." shooters we got a defender we got a guy who can make plays for others and you see it we we, we were like we were counted out we had like a 0.3 percent chance of making the playoffs we made the playoffs um won that playing game by like i don't know it was a crazy game all over time we got past the grizzlies and now we're up 1-0 on the defending champs like now you can't you if you'd be stupid if you said that, like the lakers have no chance so like laker fans we're, we're locked in bro we're <laughs> like laker fans are already thinking about the parade like <laughs> <laughs> 
so I and you you hear how crypto is like crypto is crazy like yeah, it is. as loud as you ever heard it so we're locked in we're ready my man my man Aaron man really appreciate you coming on Aaron Cohen Lakers all day every day uh, best Instagram page there is if you guys don't follow him follow him now if you're a Lakers fan even if you're not a Lakers fan it's still great content um, so yeah man so th- thanks for coming on the show man really appreciate it and uh, let- let's get this parade going yes sir yo thank you for having me Patty and Cole and uh, we're ready bro we're ready yeah great meeting you man I'll, I'll see you at crypto maybe next time Schwider invites me <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll-, we'll set that meeting up appreciate it bro thank you guys without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done what's up everybody thank you guys for tuning in we really hope you enjoyed this week's show to find out who will be joining us next week Make sure you're following us on all social media platforms, at Swider Show on Instagram, at Swider Show on Twitter, and at Swider Show on TikTok. We also recently developed our very own YouTube page, www.youtube.com slash at Swider Show, and subscribe. You can send in a mailbag question to be featured on the show, swidershow at gmail.com. And of course, if you haven't already, make sure to turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode week to week. Cole Swatter Show with Patty Casey is presented by Blue Wire Podcast and our executive producer, Adam Lewis. Swatter Show is created by Cole Swider, Patty Casey, and producer Adam Lewis. All rights reserved. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week.